Many families uh, today will be celebrating uh, Mother's Day, or to give it its more traditional name, uh, Mothering Sunday. It's a tradition that uh, dates back much longer than I think many of us suspect, actually going all the way back to the 16th century. Uh, The history is that domestic servants will be given just one day off a year. Often they were relatively uh, young children or teenagers, and uh, on this day off they would uh, return home to see uh, their mother. As they went home they would pick uh, flowers on the way, quite often violets with a traditional flower, and uh, they would present these uh, to their mother on their arrival. And uh, often then, as they were uh, domestic servants, they would uh, get busy in the kitchen and would bake their mother a cake. If we've had any uh, cakes this morning, our mums, maybe a few breakfasts in bed. For some of us, today is a great celebration. For others of us, emotions are a bit more mixed. Relationships with mothers are not always easy. For some of us, this is a time to remember the passing of a loved one. This morning, I want to consider a couple of features of the life of Mary, the mother of Jesus. I see what we can learn of them for today. First thing I want us to note is that Mary was a woman of contemplation. I wonder if your mental image of Mary is uh, similar to mine. Uh, a beautiful young girl, uh, clothed in blue with a white headscarf. The image so uh, beloved of Christmas cards and school nativities. I lived for a few years in the Philippines, and in my time there, uh, parades, religious parades and festivals were commonplace. And the center point of these would always be a big carnival float with Mary seated in the center. It was a great honor for any child of the village, any girl of the village, to be chosen to be Mary. It would be a sign that she was the most beautiful of all the girls who were eligible. She'd be schooled for days of rehearsing beforehand to appear calm and serene in all circumstances. Doubt that was the case for the real Mary, the mother of Jesus. She clearly was a woman of depth, a woman of contemplation. For this reason, many religious orders, monasteries and convents have her as their patron. Not in the sense of her being their protector, but her being their example, her being their inspiration. In the 12th century, a group of uh, crusaders became uh, disillusioned with the war they were fighting in Jerusalem. They abandoned their military life, uh, they left uh, their military orders, and they went into the mountains of northern Israel. They settled on Mount Carmel, and there they committed themselves to serving the poor, to prayer and contemplation, to seeking God in the scriptures, to worshipping him in prayer and in song. Who would they take as their inspiration? These hard men, these disillusioned men, these former soldiers. You might think it would be a prophet of the Old Testament, You might think it might be uh, Peter, James, or John. But instead, these hard men take Mary as their example. 
Their motto becomes one of the verses that is just before our reading today, from Luke chapter 2, verse 19. When Mary begins to discover who Jesus is, it says this of her. She pondered these things in her heart. Other translations render it, she treasured these things deeply. In our reading this morning, we uh, see that Mary and Joseph together marvel at the words of Simeon as he describes uh, the future life of our Lord Jesus Christ. Light to the Gentiles, the glory of Israel. Mary thought on these things deeply. She was a contemplative. I wonder how many of us this morning would also class ourselves in that way. Modern life is hectic. Yesterday my day began with swimming lessons. It was followed by a walk in the Derbyshire Dales. I came back in time for a football match, then followed dropping children off for sleepovers. Then there was a concert in the evening, time to cook tea, check emails and get ready for church on Sunday. That's my day off. Many of you will have had similar Saturdays. Modern life is busy, modern life is hectic. But God reminds the psalmist and reminds us too, be still and know that I am God. Be still and contemplate upon me. Be still and treasure me in your heart. How do we do this? Where do we find the time to be still? A few examples this morning. Talking recently to a member of uh, this church, uh, a business lady, successful career woman with uh, a busy family life, uh, equally as hectic as mine. She told me that for uh, Lent, she's changed her pattern in the mornings. She used to get up early before the family, uh, make herself a coffee, and spend just 15 minutes uh, watching CNN, checking what the markets were doing before she went into her job, watching what the business news was that would affect her day. For Lent, she's changed what she does. Still gets up early, still makes a coffee, but no longer turns on CNN. Instead, she fires up her iPad and reads the scriptures. Spends time asking God what he would say to her this day. For others of us, mornings don't work, but perhaps lunchtime is a time when we can stop and be still. Where we can be like Mary and contemplate. The church traditionally has uh, had the office of um, saying the Lord's Prayer at midday. Something that I myself have found helpful wherever you are, whatever you're doing. When it approaches noon, just stop and take a few moments aside. And say the Lord's Prayer uh, quietly. And as you say it to yourself, or say it to God alone, ponder on its meaning. Begin with praise, our Father in heaven. Pray for his will to be done in your life, in the situation you're facing at the moment. 
Thank him for the good gifts he gives you, your daily bread. Ask him if there are any others you need to forgive. Close by acknowledging his glory. Maybe midday doesn't work for you, but perhaps the end of a day is a time when you can stop and be still and be quiet. When the children have gone to bed, when the house is quiet, take some time to review the day, to reflect on all the events that have happened. Commit them to God. Bring them into God's presence. This might be a time for you where it's helpful to read the scriptures. Perhaps uh, work through the Gospels and consider if there are any parallels in the life of Jesus and the trials that you face. Mary was a woman of contemplation. She thought about things deeply. She was also a woman of obedience. She's barely in her teens when the angel Gabriel appears to her. She's living with her family. Her time would be spent attending to household chores, to cooking, to cleaning, to drawing water from the well. She's uh, betrothed to a carpenter. She's probably from a humble background. They live in Nazareth, a poor town in the region of Galilee. Nothing in her life could have prepared her for that moment of angelic announcement. When she discovers that she has been chosen as the one through whom the Son of the Most High will enter the world. If you read uh, the account in the Gospels, her response is not one of calmness and serenity. The scriptures tell us that she is, quote, greatly troubled by this news. And yet, and yet she responds... I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. There's no bargaining. There's no special pleading. There's no request that this honour, a child outside of marriage, uh, be passed to someone else. There's just an acceptance of the Lord's will for her life. There's an obedience to the Lord's word for her. And those of us who've been Christians for a long time will know how hard it can be to say those words. Let it be to me as according to your will. Yet Mary displays this attitude throughout the Gospels. The first sign in John's Gospel, the first uh, miraculous event, is Jesus uh, turning water into wine. Wine, which is used uh, for cleansing, for washing hands and feet, uh, is transformed into the richest of drinks. Something life-giving and sustaining. Something we associate with feasting and celebration. There's a key moment in that account where uh, the servants of the uh, master of the house are unsure what to do. Jesus has commanded them to pour out the water and they hesitate. And Mary's voice is heard. Listen to him, she says. Not just hear, but listen. 
let his will be done and a miracle of transformation occurs. This is what it means to say that Jesus is Lord. It's to say, let your will be done in my life. Mary is a contemplative. She's obedient in the face of hardship. She's also a model of faithfulness. Mary remains close to Jesus throughout his life. She's there, of course, at the beginning. She raises him as a child. He lives in a household as a young man. And, of course, she's there at the end. She's one of those who keeps vigil at the cross. The prophet Simeon has foreseen who Jesus is and what he will do. Alike to the Gentiles, that is, the unbelievers, the glory of Israel, the fulfillment of all that they've hoped for. Simeon's recognized that Jesus is the one who will give his life as a ransom for many. An angel appeared to Joseph in a dream the days before Jesus was born. They told him what name to give uh, the child. He would be called Jesus, who would save his people from his sins. He would be known as Emmanuel, the Lord with us. But being close to Jesus is not always easy. Being faithful to Jesus is sometimes costly. There's a story that long ago, a wise and good king ruled in Persia. He loved his people and he wanted to know how they would live. He wanted to know about their hardships. Often he dressed in the clothes of a working man or beggar and went to the homes of the poor. No one who he visited thought that he was their ruler. One time he visited a very poor man who lived in a cellar. He ate the coarse food that the poor man ate. He spoke cheerful, kind words to him. And then he left. Later he visited the poor man again and revealed his true identity, saying, I am your king. The king thought that the man would ask him, Uh, for some gift or favour. But he didn't. Instead, he said, you left your palace and your glory to visit me in this dark and dreary place. You ate the rough food that I ate. You brought gladness to my heart. To others, you have given your rich gifts. To me, you have given yourself. To me, you have given yourself. A rich gift. A gift that is offered freely, but a gift that is costly. A gift that was costly for Mary. In describing Jesus as the hope of the world, in talking of the life and the death that Jesus would uh, carry, the walk that he would walk, Simeon tells Mary what this will mean for her. A sword will pierce 
your heart. At Calvary, the heart of Mary was pierced just as surely as nails pierced the hands and feet of Christ. She suffered as he suffered. Yet she did not turn away. She did not walk off. She remained with him to the end. She was there as so many others who promised to stand by him had turned away. Of course, Mary too is one of those to whom the risen Christ appeared. And bore those words, peace be with you. She was there at the day of Pentecost when God's spirit fell upon the disciples in the upper room. There's hints of her presence throughout the letter or the story of the church in Acts. She remains a part of the worshipping, praying community of the church. There was a very real cost for Mary in following Jesus. But she remains faithful. It's for these reasons that Mary is an inspiration to the Carmelites and to others, to religious orders and just ordinary folk, people who want to follow Jesus more closely, who want to be obedient to him, and want to be uh, faithful to him. On this uh, Mother's Day, it would do as well to consider her example and to take on for ourselves something of her character. Let's pray. To others, you have given your rich gifts. To me, you have given yourself. Holy Father, we thank you for the gift of our Lord Jesus Christ. And our desire always is to follow him, to become closer to him, to have his will done in our lives. But this is something that we find difficult, that we struggle with. We know that often our hearts are far from you. Lord, we confess too that it's in your nature always to have mercy. And on that we depend. So Lord, come and renew our trust in your Son. Give us something of the character of Mary. May we be people of contemplation. May we be obedient as she was. And like her, may we be faithful to the end. In Jesus' name, amen.